Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. So, um, see if we can get the horizon. What? It went choppy as soon as you started speaking there. <laughs> Is it still choppy? No, it's smooth now. Less, there's no chop. No more chop. The chop's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to see if we can bring Yusuf the horizon on Friday evening. And that happens in Sheffield, specifically Sheffield. We have to go to Sheffield to see if they will bring Yusuf the Horizon. We're going to see a band called Bring Me the Horizon in Sheffield. And I am driving. And the there's been like I've had like a you know when you like bump your like you park your car and you like do your wheel on the curb. So I did that quite badly. So I, I had to like swerve to avoid someone going around a roundabout and basically oh. like mounted a curb. This was about six months ago. Mounted a curb, like really knacked the wheel. And I thought like, if I have to like do any long distances on that, I should probably just get it checked. Just the wheel's not, not doing the yeah, like, wobbler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great um, noise. <laughs> so accurate. And so, um, so I, I like went to get a quote from this wheel place. This story's not that funny to be honest, but it was the, it's like the nichest, it's called the wheel specialist. And if you're in Newcastle, or I think it's a franchise, I'd highly recommend them, but it's in this like tiny little industrial estate somewhere in Newcastle, in like Westerhope. And that you go down like lots of sort of convoluted, you're you're in this industrial estate with like four units, one of which is the wheel specialist, tiny car park, drive in, looking for a space and parked there is just Chris just sitting, eating in his car. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's his default uh, activity and he's just always eating lots of something very like cu- dense in carbohydrate isn't he he's never eating like lean protein he's or... great at slamming big portions i think like you mm. you can do it with sandwiches um but i feel like chris can i can do it with anything well i would i mean i would fancy my chances there's the famous story of um when johnny was out on a work trip and sent me a picture of what i thought was jelly tots in a normal sized pot of yogurt and then he was like no 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 Yusuf you've got the scale wrong <laughs> that's a kilogram pot of yogurt with a multi sharing pack of fruit pastels in it Yeah, just because you had a, a very specific macro target to hit by the I end just of have the no fat left <laughs> it's the, that's, the, that's the trouble when you're like you're working away you're in a hotel and you look at your macros and it's like like there's no way protein. I can get a takeaway. Like it's yeah, not- like a hundred protein and like hundred and eighty carbs and two fat. And you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, does and you think like I can't even imagine a combination. Like, <laughs> even if you so, called up like a, a Chinese restaurant and was like, look, I want the driest chicken and rice that you've got. I something. Sort of, 
fried and you'd have to get well because they're not i don't feel like they, they would use like thigh or they, they would use like a fatty cut of meat wouldn't they they wouldn't use just dry breast dry boiled breast yeah <laughs> <laughs> with plain rice with no condiments and delicious mm. yeah. just what i want just asking yeah, for a good review, isn't it? For the I, I was also in the middle of nowhere, so there was like there was a little like convenience shop, which thank God did Greek yogurt. Like that was bit, that was the thing that saved me because I had no protein supplements with me. I had no way of acquiring that amount of protein. <laughs> <laughs> so but that that like is it fai, fudge, like it's fudge, fudge, fudgy. It's basically a protein supplement. It's incredible. And very filling as well. So Yeah. Pretty it's good. Big, it's a big wedge of dairy. So just a, a quick note for the listener, you will be experiencing a live problem, potentially, of Johnny's, which is that when when you're working from home, trying to run your own business, you've you've all your day is always fragmented by little pissy bits of admin. And because of what Johnny's just mentioned there about the uh the wheel situation he might get a call at any moment calling him away to go and away away to 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 go there the way to go there from you but it's okay because i've got you back guys and if he does go away i'll just continue the podcast solo (laughs) (laughs) even though there's no constraints that mean that yusuf has to do it like this isn't we're not on radio this isn't live but it's just that's just how committed he is to this that's it i mean this is at least two, three weeks ago that you were listening now. <laughs> the time loop of podcast land. Yeah, so you can feel comforted that this has already happened. Whatever you're listening to, it's already happened and it's all okay, probably. We think. If it's if it's not okay, if this is the last ever episode of the Grow Your Online Fitness Business podcast, then you know that the wheel wasn't okay and we veered off the road <laughs> of somewhere well, You won't be in the car. Oh, and on the way to the horizon. Yeah. There we go. You've had okay. problems with your alloys before as well, I think. I mean, you, you, it might have just been a, a scrape that you did a few years ago, and you were quoted for the the repair, and it was eye-wateringly expensive. So that was the that was actually the wheel was misaligned that time. So this is, I think, I'm hoping, just cosmetic, whereas that wasn't cosmetic. That was like the wheel was on a on a wonk, oh. just one of them. That's bad. Mm. So, well, I, I mean, that brings us really nicely, actually, onto the topic for today. Just I don't even know what the topic is. So, <laughs> it is what to do with a client who isn't following the program, how to deal with them. Because this is something that I think all of us have faced at some point. You get the full spectrum. You get people who sign up with you, and then that's the last time you ever hear from them. And they just ghost you, which is weird. Or you get people who are so committed that they are number one on your contact list and they're sending you 3,000 word written reports and 40 minute voice messages and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How, and the interesting thing about both ends of the spectrum is neither of them are following the program. Yes. Correct. There's a bit, there's kind of an optimal point between the two of if you if we look back on all the most successful online clients that we've had they there's a certain amount of correspondence but it matches a, a, the same kind of pattern 
Mm. So it's like it's a it's a full loop, isn't it? Rather than a spectrum. Yeah. Can a spectrum be a loop? I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, neither of them are following the program, just in two very different ways. Because there's also a type of client that you don't hear from at all, apart from like. 12 weeks later when they just send you a before and after photo? They're the ones I, I, we call the, the Terminator clients that <laughs> sign up, you don't hear from them, you're slightly worried about them, you send them a message, and they're like, yep, fine. And you're like, mm, okay. And then they send you a picture in 12 weeks and they're shredded. They're like, oh, they really were fine. <laughs> like they, they weren't exaggerating. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean after checking? Why did I, why did I check in? I'm just doing the just program like any problems like no, no. like what the problems are? um i once had a a client you probably remember him he was a doctor in the u.s and he in part of our like onboarding information at the time we were like if you have something that's urgent like if you need to get in touch with us and it's urgent we used to say like put a tag like put put it like flag it as a way of telling us it's urgent he was like, Johnny, I've worked in medicine for how long it was, like 15 years. My definition of urgent is probably very different to your definition of urgent. <laughs> it's like, yeah. nothing is urgent. Nothing will ever be urgent in this situation. I think it was, was he emergency medicine or a surgeon, I think. I think he'd worked in emergency, emergency medicine, yeah. I don't think he was at the time, but it, he, that's where he'd like come from. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Like when when someone's had an experience that's reset their definition of urgent, mm. it's like it makes you realise that the people who fabricate emergencies out of nothing have just got too little going on in their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's literally life and death, like that's those are the things you deal in. So to answer the question, what do you do? Um, I think, well, I, I think I, I'm like, I'm split on this. Like part of me thinks there's some of the clients sticking to the program has to come from like an internal place for them. Um, and like, it should almost be a, a marketing and a sales solution to the problem. Because like, if someone buys because they have kind of, inflated expectations of what's going to happen or how easy something is going to be or, or whatever, then that will ultimately lead to them not sticking to the program. So I think there's often like a mismatch of expectations can cause this sometimes. Um, so that's kind of, I think that's the first flag or the first thing to look out for is like if you're really selling it in a hypey way, and it's then there's like, oh, well, it's just macros and calories for 12 weeks and it's really hard and you've got to be really consistent. <laughs> and that's not what you said on the sales in the sales process. You're going to get that by design. So that's yeah. the first thing to look out for. Okay. If, I'd like to add to that, I think, which is that if there's this mismatch, it's between how much somebody is bought into doing the work involved as well as the result. And if they're just bought into the result, but they, they think, as you say, that you've given it all the big in and saying, oh, no effort will be required and you just take this one supplement, and then, of course, there's going to be a mismatch. But the other situation where that happens, where someone doesn't have buy-in, is if they have paid too little. And I think that's a legitimate problem. Like, if you if you get something for free or you pay a really small amount for it, you don't feel like you've got skin in the game. And the other one, which I've had <clears throat> a couple of times, is... 
someone has bought coaching for their fat mate as a present. Yeah. And they just didn't engage. And no matter what you did, they just... And and looking back, it's like... Because at the time I thought, oh, what a lovely present. Like, that's that's great. I'm going to really, like, help get this guy into shape. And then you're like, oh, he doesn't care. Because if he did, he would have bought coaching himself. If it was yeah. you... It was your fat, poor mate that really wanted coaching and just couldn't save up enough money for it. That's a different story. Yeah, it's yeah. We like we. I can remember that one of those specific situations was like a client bought as a Christmas present one of their friends like a year of coaching with us, paid in advance, and we just spent a good majority of the time like just trying to keep this guy engaged, rather than you know you think as a coach that like most of your time will be spent troubleshooting the the finer points of fat loss and, and metabolic slowdown and and the, the really are well is the peaking block going to be there or whatever and actually it's just like the basics of like hello are you there <laughs> hello <laughs> just something just before we move on and you said giving it the big and um some people may know that i've been getting since lockdown i've been getting progressively more into golf and uh, watching golf YouTube channels is like something to to sort of take my mind off work and training and things. And there's this guy who's South African, who instead of instead of saying like big dick energy, will just refer to something as giving it the big Richard, <laughs> which <laughs> when said in a South African accent is hilarious. So every time someone says like giving it the big, and I think do we need the big Richard? <laughs> so <laughs> that that would have to be. Um, if, I think if we were South African, it would just have to become your default phrase, wouldn't it? Big Richard. Yeah. Look, mate, don't give me the big Richard over you here. Don't, right? don't give me Richard. I don't need Richard here. <laughs> I saw him yesterday. He's fine, okay? Don't need to see Richard again. <laughs> we're booking totally a book with him next week and it'd be okay. <laughs> okay. Richard, later, come later. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I think the those things tie together, don't they? Like, if the person doesn't want the the outcome enough to outweigh the the downsides ultimately of following something like this they're never going to do it and no no online interaction or offline interaction is going to force that and i think god yeah and well the, the, this is this is an interesting one because i think when you go full circle and you see the kind of sleazy sales stuff and you, and you see all the stuff about like twisting the knife and picking the scab and getting people in touch with their pain there's a there's a reaction to that because it's like oh that's that's not very ethical and I agree it's not very ethical if you're trying to sell someone onto something that they're not motivated to do but at the same time it's a very valuable device when used to motivate yourself <clears throat> so what I mean by that is if you are looking to achieve a goal and you can get in touch with the real tangible consequence of not doing the work required and the pain that's going to cause that's going to motivate you. And if you kind of suppress that or if you don't really think about it or just distract yourself from it, you, you're not going to step into action. So I think, yes, it's a marketing tool, but really it should be a post-purchase marketing tool. It's something that in the coaching call at the beginning, it's about really getting on board with the client's motivations and what's going to happen if they don't stick to the program. Sorry for that uh, brief interlude. Johnny got a phone call and seamlessly muted his mic, answered the phone. I paused the Zoom recording. I didn't mute my mic. Oh, yeah, you didn't. 
as I heard the conversation. Did yeah. you, you maybe you muted it. You're like, I shouldn't listen to this. Oh, because your phone was on silent. And you, you kind of mimed to me and that just stuck in my memory. Uh, so now what? it's just all in black and white in your memory. There was no sound in your version of it in your memory. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. And you, you were wearing like a Charlie Chaplin hat and there was piano music in the background. I went to see Darren Brown and I really want to talk about it. We're just fully derailing it. <laughs> something like that happened in Darren Brown life, oh. where he made everybody forget something that had happened. It's insane. It, the man, seen, the man's a magician. He really, yeah. I've seen him go up to someone on the tube and he's like, he asks them the question and then he goes, isn't it funny how sometimes when you're thinking of something and you're the hustle bustle of city life and you're getting ready for work and it's easy to just forget, easy to forget, isn't it? Yes, to, to totally just forget where you are. And anyway, um, what stop are you getting off at again? And then they look at the thing and they're like, oh, it was two stops back. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. Two, two quick things. Firstly, the show starts and there's a phone on the stage and it's just ringing and it just keeps going. And then in the background, it goes like, anyone going to get it? So some like some big Geordie woman gets up on stage, answers the phone, like, hello, and is just hypnotized via the phone. Wow. So she just goes, uh, standing up. People come on with a stretcher, and she's I mean, she's quite a big woman. So they tried to get her onto the stretcher, nearly couldn't get her onto the stretcher. She nearly stacked it, rolled off the stretcher and down the front of the stage. But they managed to get her on and wheeled her off. And then Darren just comes on and just doesn't mention it for an hour and a half. <laughs> but then he had like three people. So there was a guy in the row next to me who I watched being being hypnotized live. So he, that he's like, hold your hands out. And everyone holds their hands out. And he does this and they're getting tighter and tighter and all this sort of stuff with bright lights. And then he's like, and take your hands apart. And I'm doing it and I'm like praying it works on me and I can take my hands apart. I'm like, fuck's sake, got to sit down. And I, I watch this guy's face and he's going like, the fuck what the fuck and he looks like scared by it so i'm like okay that looks pretty real like unless that's great acting he's having a really weird time darren then makes him forget his name and completely forget his name so brings loads of people up the side of the stage and you've got like big geordie men like who don't who just look like they don't take any nonsense and darren <laughs> goes up and goes like so can you tell me your name no I couldn't tell you, miss. I might be called Buddy, but I don't think I'm called Buddy. And Darren goes like, is, it, is, anybody, is anybody with this man in the audience? And people go like, yeah. And they go, is he called Barry? No. So it's just, like, <laughs> it's just like a line of people who just completely forgotten their name. And then it was like, count to 10, did something else, count to 10. And no one could remember the, the, the number six. So people go like, one, two, three, four, seven, eight. And he's, they're like counting their hands and they're going one, two, three, four, seven. And he's like, isn't it funny how you have one more finger than me? When you count your fingers, you get like, <laughs> it's like, but, but he then did something where he makes, he's like, which is what I was thinking too. He's like, gets this guy, the guy who's in the row next to me to put his hand over this spoon on a table. And he's like, right, the only way that that can move from under your hand as if you move it. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, totally get it. And the light, oh, the lights come back on again and the spoon is on the other side of the stage. And the guy's like, what the, what the hell? Like, what happened there? I don't know how that worked. And then Darren shows a night vision recording of what happened. And the guy just moves his hand, picks a spoon up, walks over, puts it on the side of the table, comes back over and sits down. 
and he's just hypnotized the guy to do that but forget that it's happening <laughs> like two layers of instruction there yeah so you watch it and you think either this is just the simplest solution is this is all bullshit and everybody's in on it and in which case it's very plain and quite boring so that's that's what i would have thought but, until we had a, an old classmate who was one of the people brought up on stage yeah and that was like the last it was the last time i'm going to see him he was hypnotized for the entire thing so unless he is a he's gone his career choice is like a paid stooge for darren brown then that's the, the i'd love to know the like this this this, this, this psychology and like the you know the get a psychiatrist and say like what's going on there can that actually happen i'm pretty sure it can i mean if, if you can do it reliably i think part of it must be you've got the advantage of having a thousand plus people in the room and so yeah. you can pick out the most susceptible ones and the the woman who steps up on stage and picks up a phone already is self-selected as certain personality so he, traits he says that he was like you know i i know that eventually someone will answer the phone and i know that that person who's happy to like get up on stage and do that is a certain type of person so i know broadly like how to hypnotize that and just like wow but it must go wrong yeah and you, you think you'd hear about that if it went wrong but anyway anyway hey guys i just wanted to jump on here quickly and tell you a bit about my experience working with the guys at propane so earlier this year i decided to transition career to online coaching um but honestly had no idea where to begin but i am so glad that i found the propane business course it's honestly been a godsend i would be lost without it johnny and yusuf basically show you how to build an online fitness business from scratch or anywhere where you are in your journey um they give you all the tools and the knowledge that you need to succeed as an online coach it's it's been amazing and after just a few months of working with them i am ready to quit my full-time job and fully transition uh, into online coaching which i am really excited about so if you are on the fence about doing this i know it's a big investment and it, it seems quite scary but it is 100% worth it you will uh, make all the money back you will get so much out of it um, and yeah I definitely recommend um, incredible so circling, forget any of that happened so circling back to what we were saying of getting someone who's who's not following the program to stick to the program point one was it is like a sales and marketing problem If you, if it's happening consistently either you're attracting people in your branding and your marketing and your messaging, which are like, they're looking for something quick or they're looking for something that's an easy and they think it's going to happen by this time next week. Um, and the way that you're selling them is like digging into the pain, digging into the pressure and almost like forcing the decision. And they just don't want, they're not willing to accept the downsides of following something like this. Cause like when was the last time you think you had a client who got really lean, who didn't at some point experience like hunger and some degree of like lifestyle sacrifice of like, oh yeah, I can't do that because I've got this fat loss goal that I'm that I'm going after, for example. Yeah, like it's it's never going to be an absolute breeze for them. Like they mm. there is some degree of sacrifice and the the role of the coach is to make sure that they minimize that. There's no unnecessary restriction and you know, you're just doing the 
what's required to hit your goal and know more than that. Yeah. But yeah, everyone. It's, <sighs> it's just hard, isn't it? So I suppose it's getting somewhat like someone has to recognize that. So, so yeah, I think that's a good framing for this, that to lay out the, the expectations of the coaching early on and make sure that everyone realizes there's going to take some work and there has to be the right time for it. And if it, if it's not either figuring out how to fit it into someone's schedule, if there's, if they say, Oh, I'm too busy with work to be able to commit to this or whatever, like, okay, how can we, how can we make it work? And I guess the next step is, and this is what someone is paying for when they've signed up for coaching is accountability. So you do have to be a little bit, a bit pushy with someone. And for me, I like to kind of ask, ask someone's permission early on in the coaching relationship and say, right, from passive, laissez-faire, like leave you to get on with it unless you need me, up to crazy ex-girlfriend mode, where do you want me to be? Because I can pester you if you've not reported in this week, but I also need your express permission for that. Otherwise, I'm just like the, the relationship is just me thinking that you want someone who's always on your case and actually you just want a bit of space. We've actually had people complain about that sort of thing. <laughs> like we've done like naughty lists in <laughs> group in group. <laughs> I forgot about and, that. Yeah. Like I can remember vividly this message that I got back of like, if you keep doing that to me, mate. Like I I, I had compiled the the list, like the naughty list that week. And it was like, if you keep doing that to me, I'm not gonna be a client much longer. I remember looking at it thinking like, like, what are you expecting is gonna happen? Like <laughs> you've seen the naughty list, it's been a thing for a while. You haven't checked in, but you're right though. Like if that's, if he's just happy getting on with it and you caught him on a bad day and you've pestered him every week and he doesn't need to check in in order to keep losing weight, then that's a mismatch of like how that person wants to engage with the coaching. But yeah, some kind of accountability. So why do we not stick to something that is ultimately delayed gratifications? Because well, there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to, to not do it now, right? Like if I don't train, if I don't track my macros, if I overshoot that day, no one knows, right? I don't look bad. There's no consequence. If someone knows and someone's there checking, I feel like a bit of an idiot, especially if I pay for something, I'm paying for something. And then I still don't do the thing that I'm trying to do. Um, so yeah, having some kind of accountability. And I think the second thing that people pay for is like actually problem solving and finding something that is realistic for that person's life. So I think if I think of the people who are most consistent of all the clients I've ever worked with, a lot of the time they're doing something that they probably think is like a bit basic and a bit easy. Like they're probably doing fewer sessions than they think they need to do. They're probably eating more calories than they think they probably should be eating to lose weight. They're probably doing like less than what they think in their mind is that's what I should be doing to hit my goals. It's like, it feels easy. But because it feels easy, I have this conversation with them of like, look, if you do this consistently for four weeks and you want to add bicep pills in, we'll add bicep pills in, but make this prove it to me that this is easy first, right? So they have some accountability to actually stick to it. And the like the, the prescription, if you will, that we've given them is what we think they can consistently do, get taking into consideration the fact that like what they do for work, what they're traveling maybe have a, a manual job they're maybe working shifts they've got a new family whatever so 
And what they would be doing is like five days a week, advanced powerlifting program, uh, as well as running, as well as taking up a new sport. As, you know, so most people over-prescribe themselves, do a really short sprint of everything's going to be perfect, and then they give up when it's not sustainable. And part of our role is to find the thing that feels easy, but they're still going in eight weeks or 12 weeks. So, so yeah, you were saying about managing both the expectation, but also what a client would try and do to themselves masochistically and what would actually get results and saying, look, we need to look at the constraints in your life. The fact that you've got three kids, two jobs, um, you live in Dominican Republic and you have a four hour commute. <laughs> um, Who's this you're referring to? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this so, is a like, so random. Yeah. This is client with difficult life 101 um and to to be trying to do like daily squatting to a max just isn't going to be feasible like i so i remember having a chat with someone at a powerlifting me ages ago and he was doing the daily max squatting and i think mark was there and mark was like you you can't do that unless you're going to do it for the rest of your life <laughs> and this guy was like oh but, but i will he was 18 and like, you know, in the phase of like really loving weightlifting. And I said to him, like, you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. He's like, no, I will. I will. I, I, I love squatting. I love weightlifting. I'm like, you, you just like, that's such a command. You just can't. Squatting to a 95% every day. <laughs> I have to do a single once a week and I dread it for five days in a row. Because <laughs> also that's not factoring in like how you feel about it when you are much stronger than you are. Very true. Because ninety five percent of one forty is very different to ninety five percent of two forty. Trust me. Mm. Like because of the pressure, the internal pressure. Oh god. But yeah. So because I suppose that that's the point though. Like I think probably most of our clients, I can't actually think of anybody who would left to their own devices do less than we tell them to do is there anyone you can think of who would like follow a more like minimalistic program i think it's i usually feel like i have to talk people off the ledge rather well than... yeah so so this certainly at the point of like here's your new program mm-hmm. um but in reality they end up doing less because they'll they'll commit to it for four weeks and then they won't train for yeah. another four weeks and you know so that's true yeah that's true but I suppose that's more. But like, they wouldn't. They wouldn't write their program as being like fewer days or fewer exercises. Yeah, which is ironic, isn't it? Because actually, if you just set out in the first place to, it's like saying I'm going to save a thousand pounds a month every month. Whereas, like, and yeah, you might be able to manage that if you have a couple of quiet months. But if if you just say, then you fall off the wagon. Whereas if you just say, oh, I'm I'm just going to save two hundred quid a month, and I'm not going to notice it mm-hmm. at the end Forever. of the year you've got a nice holiday yeah especially if you then put that into something that's compounding and you just forget about it pretty tasty then then in 10 years time yeah but yeah it's the so training in training in nutrition really i think for most of the people we work with is like it's getting them bought into mark's point of like you are going to be doing this for the rest of your life so what does that have to look like for that to be 
for you to actually have a shot at doing that. Like, what does that training plan have to look like? What does that diet plan probably look like? It's probably not removing any food groups. It's probably not removing any macronutrients. And as we have to, it's probably not training five, six days a week. Because like, as you say, it's, it's as soon as you have something that, that happens in your life at all, like you get a job or you, you get married or you have kids or whatever, like suddenly your priorities shift and that six day a week program is no longer feasible. So I think getting someone to stick to something that that's a big part of it is like, could you stick to it? Or like, could someone who's not a pro athlete or a pro bodybuilder or someone dieting for photos, you actually stick to it. And if they, if they can't, then like it's a, there's a programming problem rather than a, a client problem. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. So the, so I suppose both of these points are very much to do with when at the point of sign up, point of sale, when the, the framing, the creating the program, aligning expectations, um, figuring yeah. out someone's lifestyle and constraints. What about now some of the systems during the coaching? If someone has is normally checking in weekly and then they they start skipping their check-ins or um, they start not responding to you as much as they previously were, what mm. do you do in that situation? Um. I think I have like a, I, I'll probably, I'll check in with them, try and do it weekly for a period of time um, and try and sort of, I think the, my my view on that is if, if someone's not checked in for two weeks or three weeks or something, there's two possibilities. One of them is that they're still doing everything anyway and they've just not got around to sending a message, which is great. The other is that they've fully fallen off the wagon for whatever reason and don't want to, don't want to admit it and so like escalating the the tone and the severity of your like check-ins with them makes it less and less likely that they'll go right i need to get back on this so almost like lowering the the resistance each with each message progressively of like you know if there's anything i can do we'll just wipe this out clean we'll start again we'll, you know like making it kind of being very like positive and supportive of them assuming almost the worst case scenario right like assuming that they've they've had a big blowout or they've, give, they've given up or whatever it's like well if i just sort of take the hard route with them and make them feel terrible they're not going to want to engage with me as a source of like oh they're going to help me <laughs> right they're gonna it's it's going to seem less and less appealing to to, to check in yeah so that's generally the route i take and that's a very very sensitive way of approaching it rather than just chastising them immediately because we don't know what's what's happened it, it doesn't even come from a place of like being sensitive it comes from a place of like how do we get the person to the goal and i just i've never i, I used to take the route of like being more and more like making them feel bad kind of thing sort of increasing the consequences of like we really need to get back on this etc it just never worked so yeah so i, I take quite a similar approach but um <clears throat> well my, my first defense is automatic which is so we use telegram to to coach clients with the, the thing we should mention is this is in like a one-to-one -one setting like yeah we'll talk so about, we, i guess we'll talk about a group setting in a minute but yeah this is yeah, like if you're working so. with someone in person oh yeah so, so yeah you, you these systems are really the ones we're talking about currently are for one-on-one -on -one because they're a bit more labor intensive and, and a bit more manual but that's because you've got you know you have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with those clients so I have automatic reminders set up in Telegram for each client. So there's a bot that 
sends you a thing on the day of their check-in day. Seriously? Yeah. Or the day after. I, I haven't got that. So, so, so I'll send you the the bot for this, but it, it it checks in the day the day of or the day after, saying like, make sure this Hold person's on. reported. With you, not with them. Sends it to me. Yeah. So right. you you could set one up to them, but I think it's a bit impersonal. So I I would rather just add the extra step manually and then see the bot. And be like, oh yeah, they haven't checked in, and then send them a message saying, hey, everything nice. okay. Nice. If they. Now Telegram has read receipts, so you can see if that person has seen that message. Because the other question is, have they even logged into the platform that you're coaching? People? I haven't got that either. That so that's the new update. But um, <laughs> I mean, prior to me that, learning. this is me. <laughs> so you can be like, oh, actually, like they've not seen my last three messages, so they've just not opened the app. So then, the pro- then you're like, well, send them an email or send them a text and say. Hey, just just checking in, and quite often, like after a level one or a level two chaser, they'll they'll get back on it. If they still haven't, then I'll do one of two things. I'll either offer them a call and say, "Haven't heard from you in a while. I'm aware that you're still paying for the service. I want to make sure you get your money's worth, and that you we get you to the goal. So, why don't we set up a call and see how we can get things back on track?" Sometimes they'll take me up on that. Sometimes they'll say, "Oh, sorry, I don't need a call. I'm just." Um, I'll get it sorted. And then sometimes they'll respond saying something like, well, yes, I've been aware and I've seen your messages, but I feel ashamed because I've not really done, I've only done one or two of the training sessions and, I, and my food's been a bit off. And, and so they, they have this sense of perfectionism that they're not worthy of reporting to you because they haven't yeah. hit those targets. So then you can just say like well that's fine let's reduce the friction to it doesn't have to be this big like successful report every week it can just be hey i've done this this and this like send me a couple of lines or send me a voice message just with roughly how things have gone like it the and reiterate to them that the important thing is keeping the flow going rather than nailing it in a particular week the thing that i the conversation i try and have with clients at the very beginning is like the master habit of this so the thing that links everything up and keeps things consistent whether they're actually going well or not well outside of the our communications like you might be trying to lose weight but you're gaining weight you might be trying to train but you're missing your training sessions that can all be going wrong but if you just check in every week we can do something about it whereas if you as soon as you abandon that habit firstly the accountability disappears secondly i can't deal with you not telling me what's going on like if you know what if you tell me what's going on, we can troubleshoot and come up with a solution. If you just stay quiet and don't admit anything, no one's gonna no one can do anything about it, including you. So just keep the check in process going and everything else will sort of sort itself out. There's a kind of a journaling benefit of doing this as well, that sometimes if you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and you just physically write down the things that are bothering you, because it can feel like a hundred things that are happening mm. in your life and it's all just rubbish you write it down you're like oh actually it's only four things <laughs> yeah. and then out of those four things two of them are reversible one of them's temporary and one of them is something that you can deal with with just a bit of bit of work or something and you're like oh actually like it's a lot more finite than i thought it was and i can yeah. handle this now yeah and i think if you often the way you feel something's going if you like actually sit and sort of look at it and review what's happening to check in, you're like, oh, actually, 
it's not that bad. Like you might feel like, oh God, I've not trained when actually you've missed one session, for example, <laughs> or like, you know, my diet's terrible. Actually, I've tracked six days out of seven, but you know, so. If but you taught me that very, I think very early on, which is that sometimes you, your feeling about the numbers and what the numbers are can be very different. And yeah. it happens both ways. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh God, I've trained so much this week. And I look back at the thing and I'm like, oh, actually, I've... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or vice versa. Because it's like, it's the recency of what has, whatever happened today or yesterday or, or whatever. Like the last training session will color the view of how what's happening when actually it could be an anomaly or, you know, it, it might be on trend. But, but most of it, I find in pretty much every part of my life, like the way that I... If someone was like, how's this going? I'd be like, yeah, okay. But then when you look at it, you're like, oh, bloody hell, wow. Like, I'm I'm the strongest I've ever been or, like, I'm the lightest I've ever been it's or whatever it might be. because you're so focused on, like, oh, when, when I had split squats at the end of my last leg session, <laughs> I didn't get the same reps on my right side and, oh, and then yeah. I, I skipped out my rear delts at the end and so training's going rubbish. I mean, it's hard to feel positive when someone programs my reps on, front, on split squats for you, but, you know. That's just evil. Uh, I, I just have to deal with what I have to deal with, so uh, <laughs> it's not my decision. So on the on the group coaching side of it, it is a little bit different. So if you're if you're not communicating with someone on a in a one to one conversation in a, like a messenger platform, the accountability focal point changes really from checking in with one person to you basically want. The, the, the situation you're engineering is that someone is part of a team of people who are working towards a very similar goal and they don't want to be the one that's like letting the side down, right? They don't want to be the one that's not checking in. They don't want to be the one that's not upholding the standard that other people are doing. So we've seen it so many times where like there'll be checking our oh, Mueller way and checking our PB in the gym, checking best week ever. And it like drives the check-ins to happen because people are like, oh God, I really need to get back on this. So the, the focal point of the accountability is different, but equally there's even more pressure for someone if they're having a bad week, right? So I think some of that with the group coaching is is a cultural thing of if you're having a bad week. So again, it all, it all hinges on checking in, right? The check-ins happen differently. It's in a group or it's in a, a different format. But the, the culture is if you're having a bad week, checking in will almost certainly turn it around, right? Because we can collaborate together and we can troubleshoot this together. And if you say, I really struggled this week because of reasons one, two, three, there's other people who almost certainly will experience the same things before, right? Who can chime in with suggestions and things like that. So um, that's one side of it. And then I think the other side is, is just, it's easier to see at a high level when everyone's checking in the same place or when people aren't attending calls, like group calls that you have running, or people aren't logging into the members portal. Like if you suspect someone is disengaged, you're like, all right, well, there's a few checks I can run. Have they logged into Podia or wherever you've, you've held, you're holding the information? Have they completed any of the material? You can see that. Are they opening the emails or sending them that are automated? Are they joining the group calls? Have they been on a call with any of the coaches? Have they checked in this week, last week, week before? Have they logged anything in their training log if you have that? So there's lots of ways of kind of sense checking the stuff we said at the start of well, you can have some clients who are just getting on with it, right? And if they've watched all the material and they're attending group calls, but they're not checking in because they don't really need it, is that a problem? Probably not. So, and then it it, it goes down into the same pathway that you have discussed of like 
what is it that's happening? Are they just not logging in? Do we need to try a different method, a method of communication with them? Can we offer them a one-on-one call to try and re-engage them again? Can we basically just get the the, the, the truth of the situation from them? Like, this is why I'm not engaging. And can we help? And if we can't help, sometimes it means they'll they'll cancel and they leave, right? That you can't help everybody in the way that you'd want. But having systems and a way of dealing with it is far better than just going like, oh God, I really hope clients stick to the program, right? <laughs> Yeah, great summary of managing that with group coaching. And you've got group accountability on your side there as well with group coaching, because as you say, wherever you're holding your members area, you know, we we still use Facebook just because it's the lesser of all the evils, but there's a few other platforms that we're kind of playing with at the moment. But on Facebook, people get a notification if someone else checks in or when the check-in post comes up. And they're already using Facebook. It's already part of their existing habits. So it makes it easier. And then if they see on their feed, like, oh, this person checked in and they've had a good week or they've had a bad week. Oh, okay. Well, actually, like, it's not as bad as that. So I'll I'll put mine in. Um, and then what you can also do if you, once you can justify the cost of this, and it's, it is actually quite cheap to do this with a, a virtual assistant, mm-hmm. is to get somebody to reconcile the list of, people who are on your program and people who haven't checked in. And then once a week, they can just go into the check-in thing, like maybe a day after the check-in date. So you give people a 24 hours to to write something and just tag them and just say, hey, notice you haven't checked in today. How are things going? Um, yeah. Then you're actively reaching out. And as you say, like there are people who, no matter what you do, no matter what systems you're using, they, they won't stick to the program and that does happen. There is going to be an attrition rate, but your job as the coach is to make sure that you save as many people as you can. You know, it's, it's the same as if you were a, if you're a surgeon working on trauma or something, you're going to, you're going to have some people come in that are salvageable and some that aren't. But what you don't want is someone who com- comes in with a simple appendicitis and you end up cutting off their head because you've, <laughs> Because you made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, a pretty, pretty major bit. Because you didn't have an accountability system in place. Yeah, well, exactly. Because you, you didn't have a VA checking in. <laughs> <laughs> I, so actually, the, there was a, uh, a surgeon, a famous case of a surgeon who was doing a leg amputation. And he had a 300% mortality rate because he cut off the leg of the patient. It then, like the the whatever he was using like the chainsaw or whatever like um injured the theater nurse who then got sepsis and died from the um from the injury and then i think he like ended up injuring himself and both him and the patient bled to death something like that so three people died from from that one surgery my god it's worse than some famous viruses yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I've just managed to derail the end of that podcast. But no, no, it's fine. I'll get it. I'll get it. We were talking about. We were. Oh yeah. So that, that's why, like, the saving people who can be saved kind of analogy. That's why the stuff we spoke about at the beginning is so important, right? Because if you assume that there's this big filter. At the, at the gates of your program, which is ensuring that people are coming in with sort of the right understanding of what's required, that there's work to be put in, that it's a long-term thing. 
and maybe even the first week or two is so like one of the first things we cover in the first week of the propane protocol is talking about like the perfect diet which is this idea that if someone wants to build muscle say then most of the time the first 12 weeks maybe even six months is better spent pursuing fat loss and this concept we talk about a lot of like just just get lean once and for all and then you can just be lean for the rest of your life plus or minus you know some kilos then we can reverse you up and then you can be in a muscle gaining phase and actually in a year's time you'll be like close to the weight you're at you're at now but leaner how good does that sound right so that immediately week one day one we're talking about this time next year not for summer not in six weeks time so that kind of frame the whole time is like well if everyone's got this view of it and then they move into the program and then we overlay the well how do we keep them accountable that's very different to someone thinks they're going to be shredded in 28 days and they're not and then they then fall off the wagon as a result it's it's very hard to pull that round because that's just they they thought it was going to be something different and actually it's really hard right yeah so the long-term pacing and setting you know that actually this is just phase one of your lifetime transformation yeah very good so that is how you deal with a client who isn't following the program or not engaging with your coaching bye Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.